Hi everyone, this is Criterion Channel Surfing and I'm your host, Josh Hornbeck. Just a quick note before we begin today's show. Over at the website for our home network, CriterionCast.com, Joshua Brunstein has provided some really great coverage of the New York Film Festival, highlighting some truly incredible films there. Even though the festival is wrapped, many of the films he reviewed will be playing at other online festivals throughout the rest of the year, so this is a great way to learn about some incredible contemporary cinema that you really don't want to miss. So head on over to CriterionCast.com and read all of Joshua's coverage of the New York Film Festival and discover something new today. Thanks for listening, everyone. And now, here's the show. You're listening to Criterion Channel Surfing a podcast dedicated to the films of the Criterion Collection streaming video service, the Criterion Channel. I'm your host, Josh Hornbeck. In these follow-up episodes, my guests and I offer a few recommendations for films that fit our theme and are available on other streaming services. Alexandria Daniels, film blogger and guest of the It Pod to Be You podcast and the We Cut Heads, a Spike Lee podcast, joins me to continue our conversation on films about teachers and students. Stay with us. If you enjoy Criterion Channel Surfing, make sure to check out Good Times, Great Movies, hosted by Doug McCambridge and Jamie Lorello, a podcast about the best, but usually the worst, of 80s cinema. Every other Friday, Doug and Jamie discuss a film from the 80s. Some are films they haven't seen since they were kids and offer a contemporary perspective. Others are films they've never seen before but probably should have. Do they hold up? Are they classics? Or would these films just be better off having been lost to time? Find out more at goodtimesgreatmovies.com. Criterion Cast a podcast network and website for fans of quality theatrical and home video releases. Find out more at CriterionCast.com. I'm here once again with Alexandria Daniels, film blogger and guest of the It Pod to Be You podcast and the We Cut Heads, a Spike Lee podcast. Thank you so much for continuing our conversation, Alexandria. Awesome. Thank you for having me. Well, for these follow-up podcasts, we're going to talk about a few films on streaming services other than the Criterion Channel that fit the month's theme. Alexandria and I already discussed films about teachers and students that are currently streaming on the Criterion Channel, so we're going to talk about a few other films that fit the theme and are currently on other streaming services. So before we dive in, Alexandria, what are some of the other streaming services that you use? Oh boy, I use so many. (laughs) (laughs) I have to admit. Um, Yeah. I love Shutter. I already mentioned that earlier. It's a horror movie streaming service. It is absolutely perfect if you are a Mm -hmm. horror fan. And it goes beyond just your slashers and thrillers. It talks about Giallo films, uh, documentaries, classic, old silent films, too. Like It's it's really fit for any kind of horror film, uh, horror fan. And uh, I also have HBO Max, Mm -hmm. Kanopy. And I stand by Kanopy, especially. Yeah. It's really for those who... Let's say you don't have access to the Criterion Channel. Yeah. Kanopy is a great alternative. If you love, if, if you have a library card, all you have to do is just sign up. And through your library, if they have the Kanopy service, and you have access to a vast variety of films, whether it's mainstream films or even art house cinema, uh, classic movies, uh, even educational programs as well, it's a great resource for those who 
don't have the money for a streaming service. So I highly recommend that one. I also use Disney Plus and Hulu mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. I mean, there's the streaming landscape is vast and yeah. uh, <laughs> a little a little intense at times. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm trying. I like it. Really, I like kind of like bouncing through each and every one. So like, I have the main ones would be the Criterion Channel and then Shutter and Netflix. But if I'm trying to find like a very old film and let's say Criterion Channel don't have it, then you have like sites like To Buy TV. That's another really good one you can mm-hmm. use for free. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Crackle. That's a really old school one. I used that yeah, when I was in yeah. college. <laughs> so <Nice. laughs> um, they may have ads, but it's worth it because you get to find a lot of old films on there. There's a huge, huge vast of streaming service but uh, those are the main ones that i often use that's great that's great well let's dive into the films on other services what is the first film that you really want to recommend to people checking out on other streaming services okay well uh, to tie in with our theme i chose mr holland's opus and that's by Stephen herrick it came out in 1995 and you can find that on hbo max it stars richard dreyfus as glenn holland he is a composer and holland is working on his his opus basically his grand piece the piece of music however he has to have a day-to-day job because he has a family and uh, a child so he goes to teach at his local high school and he's so reluctant about it he doesn't really like it at first the kids are annoying <laughs> they don't really understand music but the longer he teaches the more he appreciates his students and his students appreciate him mm. it's a great film because you see his career expand for decades and as the years go on the film kind of goes into various events in history in american history whether it be vietnam the death of john lennon and you know other aspects of music culture you know coming up on the scene as he's teaching these kids at the same time he's trying to balance his home life with his work so you see him teach all these kids the value of music and the arts and you know his teaching you know helps his kids become better singers or become better instrumentalists at the same time his family life is slowly begins to fall apart a little bit his son is deaf his wife is trying to keep everything together you know, it's, it's like a struggle trying to maintain a balance. But at the end, you know, his family, the town, the people who worked with him and the students that were lucky to be taught by them by him, they revere him. He is loved by his entire community. And it's a very, it's a really beautiful ending, I have to admit. It's, a, it's kind of a tearjerker kind of a movie. Yeah. But it's a special movie. One of my favorites regarding teachers and their relationship with students. It's very similar to Dead Poet Society. Glenn Holland is that type of teacher that he's a bit stern with you because he's very real, but at the same time inspiring you to become a better person and to find your own strength with regards to the art that you chose. So I really love, like, there's a scene in the movie where the girl, she's learning how to play the flute as part of a project, and she can barely hit the note. You know, she can't really make the full sound come out of her flute that well. And Holland takes the time to kind of appeal to her what the music, what does the music look like to you in your head? Like all these ways mm-hmm. of being able to communicate what music does to a person is, I love how the film conveys that. The film does a good job of showing how music is a universal language. I love that it even highlights that music still impacts people with disabilities. Like, I, I love the fact that he has a son that is deaf, and yet he wants to be a part of his life. 
And while their relationship is a little bit tumultuous at times, there's a beautiful moment in the film where Holland creates a concert for those with disabilities and he's able to play music along with lighting of different colors so that those who are deaf, they were able to understand the music notes that was coming out. So they mm. can still experience uh, the music that's being played. And he dedicates an old John Lennon song, uh, dedicates it to Cole, that's the that's character's name. And it's the mm. song that John Lennon sang to Sean Lennon when he was a kid. It's a beautiful it's a beautiful film. It's a very heartwarming, touching film. It's just about how important music education is in uh, public education as well. Yeah. I love that. It just puts it in the forefront. I mean, it deals even with budget yeah. cuts. I remember when I was in college yeah. and I was an English student and our English department was getting heavily cut and we were out protesting and everything. It's like, why are we always trying to strive about you know, having the sciences and math be the number one thing when really English art, a theater, you know, is really help enriches people's lives. And mm-hmm. Mr. Holland's opus does that phenomenally in just an hour, two hours. <laughs> yeah, that's great. I highly recommend that movie. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. That was one of those films that was a mainstay of my my life in choir when I was in in high school. We watched that a lot, and you know, it's that it's that film that, that really does show the power of music uh, and the music education. I think it's a a film that is really near and dear to any arts educator's heart, and there's something really powerful and true about that film. Yeah. yeah. And it's all about like the teaching style. I like that Mr. Holland, like he's very gentle with the students, even though he may seem harsh at times, he's very gentle with them. Whereas, you know, there's some other teachers that are like, no, put this away. We don't care, you know, or you're not that good for it. You know, like I I used to, I was in choir when I was in high school and Mm -hmm. it was tough. Like our teacher was tough. (laughs) (laughs) To the point I did not want to sing again. And then I got into college and I got a, I decided to try again, and my teacher was completely different. Yeah. He kept pushing us, but he always he knew like how to you know open the throat to hit a higher note and how to mm. just keep encouraging yourself and seeing yourself being a singer. He said, "Everyone in here can sing. Everyone yeah. in here can sing." And yeah. uh, that's the thing about Holland Mason's opus. He, he represents those kinds of teachers that convey that music is for everybody. You know. No, maybe not everyone will be in a band, but you could definitely play if you wanted to, even if it's just in your room, just to know that you can do it. You know, that's a it's a very inspiring film. I love that. Yeah. And he still manages to create his piece. And uh, Mm. it's it's an inspiring film. That's neat. That's really neat. The first film that I am going to talk about is a film called National Diploma, and it is directed Mm -hmm. by Diju Hamidi. It is a Congolese documentary from 2014, and it is currently streaming on Ovid. This is a really, really just incredible work of observational cinema verite documentary work here. This follows a group of high school students who are waiting to take the national examination that is really, it's just, it's essential for students to be able to make it into the next phase of life and to be able to go on to college and move beyond what their families have been able to do. Hamadi is filming in his hometown and so he is working in a community that he himself has grown up in. 
so he knows a lot of the pressures and a lot of the challenges that these students are facing. But the the group of students that he is following have all had trouble paying the extra teacher bonuses that are being levied on the students. The teachers had been on strike earlier, and the students are now being asked to pay extra money to the teachers in order to, for the teachers to keep teaching them. And so the students are kicked out of class because they can't pay those extra fees. And the students then kind of gather together and rent out a house and study together to prepare for the exam. And it's really uh, incredible film. You see just the struggles of these young people in a system where the education system is plagued by corruption. And, you know, the, the tests themselves are often leaked out and the students have to find ways to, to make it through the different rounds of, of testing and they pay people who say they know the answers or they know the keys. And this is something that seems to happen every year. You have teachers who come to their new house for studying, trying to extort more money for them. And yet, throughout all of the struggles, you see just the resilience of these students as they try to make a better life for themselves. And it's a really, really incredible film that was off my radar. And as I was looking for films on other streaming services that Mm -hmm. had to do with school, this one popped up and I thought this sounded interesting and it was incredibly moving and really the there's a celebration as some of the as we see the students who do pass the test you see this incredible joy and this incredible triumph because it is a huge weight on them for so much of their their life and they they get to move into this next stage where they have so many opportunities that have now opened up to them because they have received this diploma. It's it's a powerful film that, again, I love these streaming services like Canopy, like Ovid, like Movie, where you kind of get these windows into films that you just would never have found otherwise. And right. uh, this is one that really surprised me and came out of nowhere for me. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Tell me a little bit about your second film. Uh, what is the second movie you want to talk about today? So the second film is Dead Poet Society, and mm-hmm. it's done by Peter Weir. It came out in 1989, and you could actually find the film for free on Vudu, which is another kind of a streaming site, but it's a place for you to rent movies mostly. So, but it's available for free, so you could, if mm-hmm. you want to stream it, you could find it there right now. So, it stars Robin Williams, and I think one of his best roles uh, best dramatic roles uh he plays john keating he is a new english teacher at this conservative prep school it's uh it's all boys prep school and the school definitely prides itself with tradition and maintain how things should be done according to the culture whatever at that time and i believe set in 1959 so it's a it's a very conservative time but mr keating comes in and he's like no, we're going to do something very different. <laughs> he was able to teach uh, a group of boys about poetry. And so one of the first things he does, he tears the pages out of their school books, of, uh, just rips out the introduction page. 
and says, no, we're going to create, it's like a free flowing type of curriculum he has for these kids. Mm-hmm. And he is essentially, is like a guide for them. You know, uh, these boys, Ethan Hawke plays Todd Anderson and Robert Sean Lehner plays Neil Perry and a bunch of other boys are, you know, they have to conform, they have to confine in these pressures to live up to what their parents want for them as well as the school. It was very common at this time for parents to tell their kids, you're going to be a doctor, you're going to be a lawyer, this is what you're going to do, you're going to go to this school, you're going to go to this school because I went to this school, and you're going to get these grades, and then you're going to go to this uh, other school where you're going to go get your job, and you're going to be a lawyer, you're going to be a doctor, whatever, which is actually what Neil Perry's story eventually is, and he's one of the main characters in the film. Keen kind of overlooks that, and he talks Mm. about carpe diem, the famous Latin phrase, seize the day. You only have one life. And he talks about how poetry allows you to feel and get in touch with your soul. And he asked the boys, like, what is it that you want to do? What is it you want to strive for? That's up to you to decide, not the school, not the parents, essentially. He's not trying to get them to be completely disobedient, but to listen to their to their spirit and what they want. I guess uh, because of his influence, they create like their own, what they call the poet society, where they just gather and they read poetry all night. Every character kind of has like their own little mini adventures. Um, Neil aspires to be an actor. You have another character who falls in love with one of his peers. And they both eventually kind of have to deal with trying to fight for something that they love. And for Neil, it's his love of acting. He is a brilliant Mm -hmm. actor on the stage. But his father's like, no, you're not here to be an actor. Or if you are going to be an actor, it's going to be very short-lived. And... um, essentially it is very short-lived in the, in the film it's it doesn't shy away from like depression it talks about just how problematic and damaging those society pressures were back in the 50s to be told that something that you love is something that you cannot achieve in the film is a very powerful story of just kind of living your life uh, regardless of the standard regardless of the tradition and John Keane his soft but unconventional approaches kind of gets that to the kids I mean, mm-hmm. by the end of the film, you have the famous line, oh, captain, my captain. Um, uh, he gains the respect of his students more so than the other teachers do. Yeah. Because they understood what he was saying. They understood what he stood for, which was just living your best life, Yeah, essentially. Because you only had that one life. And I think th- that's hard to see, you know, in a, in a, if you're living in a very conservative town or you live in, or you go to a conservative school, you know, you're taught to go to a certain, to live a certain way. Yeah, but he's like a beacon of hope for them, and they're proud. They have this sense of respect and love for John Keane, and and I, I love the film because, again, it kind of reminds me of the teachers that I love coming by. I remember I had like an English teacher who loved to be barefoot, and she taught us. She came to our Christian school. I went to a Christian school, and mm-hmm. uh, she tried to teach theater but not mm-hmm. through Christian play. She was the one wanting to do Shakespeare and she mm-hmm. got the class to go to an actual theater and to perform Midsummer Night's Dream. And I saw that and I was like, I want to do whatever she's doing like this. Like, Cause I felt, <laughs> I felt like she was telling the truth. She was telling the truth, Yeah, you know, not under this facade of how things should be because of someone else's dogma or standard. It was like, no, this is theater. This is what the theater is. And I could pick that up from her. Yeah. And uh, sadly she was, kind of kicked out from the school so when i see like dead poet society it kind of reminds me of her it's just how people can't be afraid of something different yeah 
because they're afraid of tapping into that dream-like side of them, that part of them that wants, that dares to dream, that dares to love, that dares to go after what they want, uh, all because society tells them not to. Yeah. And I, I love that about society. It's a, it's a powerful film. I'm pretty sure Roger Ebert still doesn't like it now because uh, he, uh, I read that negative view and that broke my heart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He trashed yeah. it. And, uh, I mean, he has his reasons, uh, of course. That, that's fine. Don't let that stop you. I love that. I love the film. It's a powerful, yeah. moving film. It, it it brings me to tears every time, especially by the ending, and especially now that Robin Williams is no longer with us. Like, I think that's one of his best performances. He's so sweet and very like tender and just very gentle on his like approach to like teaching these kids about life and art. There's a philosophy that he teaches, yeah. and I just, I love that about him. And to some extent, Robert Williams was kind of like that too. You know, like I remember when he passed, I said, Oh, Captain, my captain, because he really earned my respect and my love. And I, I loved him for it. I loved his spirit. That's the whole point about Death Society. It's just about, you know, embracing your own spirit and yeah. living according to your own truth. Yeah. Yeah. It's a it's a good movie about that whole tension too between teachers and their students. You know, there's some teachers that want to stand by what they think is right. Because they also care about the look of the school, the reputation of the school. You know, like the, the prep school here is like, you know, it's an all boys school. It's about making, you know, turning boys into men, you know, essentially. And anything the complete opposite that's soft will derail that. And I think that kind of talks about, you know, how the arts, it's not really like a manly profession for some, you know, it's like you still that has that prejudice, that discrimination regarding it and i think depot society turns it on its head and it's like no it's for it it's for everybody including men and there's no shame in that <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, there's a lot you can get from this movie it's a powerful film yeah and you know the, as you're talking about it and as i'm remembering the film it also strikes me that there's some good parallels between the film I talked about when we were talking about the Criterion Channel films, there's some parallels between this and Socrates where you, know, you have the, the forces of order and the forces of the, the, the status quo who don't like teachers that, that are teaching students to think for themselves. And I feel like that's what the Robin Williams character is doing here too. He's, he's teaching these kids to, to be their own people to to question authority to be their own people and you know so often i see again and again that parents or so so much of society wants us to produce little automatons that just kind of follow orders blindly and right. uh uh you know, I feel like the great educators really do teach us to think for ourselves and to to really think critically, to to really evaluate and to think well. Yeah, yeah. This is a a lovely film. It's been years since I've seen it, so this is uh, getting me excited to rewatch it and to have a good cry again. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh yeah I, I i cry every time i have no shame like this movie and mr hall's office will totally break yeah. me down <laughs> oh my yeah. gosh but uh, i definitely agree like it definitely um what you mentioned about thinking bigger just like what socrates was saying so like, think more broadly and that's all that what keaton was trying to do yeah you know think more than just what you were taught in these school walls yeah and, and I, I love it it's powerful yeah. that's great 
Well, the final film that I'm going to talk about today is uh, a film called Berth Merisot. It's a film directed by Caroline Champetier, and it is from 2012 on Mubi. This is a television movie directed for French television, and it is about the artist Berth Merisot, who was a contemporary of Edward Manet. She posed for Manet, and she learned from Manet. He was uh, a bit of a mentor to her. Uh, She was also instructed by Corot, another of the artists of the time, and she ended up becoming uh, one of the major impressionists and one of the major female impressionists of the time. And it's a really intriguing look at the ways in which women were allowed to study art before they were married off and then were expected to give up their careers. And she, she doesn't want to do that. She wants to maintain her career. She wants to live a life of art. Uh, mm-hmm. She wants to find her voice. And Manet helps a bit. He's also a bit of a jerk. <laughs> he's, <laughs> uh, he's full of himself. He thinks he knows best. He wants to kind of impose his will and his values on her work as well. And I think it also explores that sometimes problematic and troublesome relationship between mentors and mentees, especially when you get gender dynamics involved. It's not a perfect film. You can definitely see the the lower budget for French TV. There's kind of a breathlessness to the pacing that you sometimes get with PBS masterpiece theater adaptations of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Caroline Champetier is a cinematographer. Uh, this is her first film uh, as a director. She was a cinematographer for Godard, for Jacques Rivette, for uh, Leo Carax. So she has been working as a cinematographer for a long time with some really accomplished filmmakers. And you can just see the life and vibrancy in every frame. And I think she really is able to bring each frame to life like an Impressionist painting. And uh, if nothing else, the visuals are just astonishing in this film. And not only that, I think the performances, uh, the performance by Marine Del Terme, who plays Berth, is she is just really, really incredible in this. And I think that her journey towards self-discovery is really incredible and really moving the the way that society is trying to keep her from finding her voice uh, i think is is also a really uh, a really powerful story i don't think you know if you're looking for uh, a film that is as good as portrait of a lady on fire i don't think you're going to find that here mm-hmm. but uh, this is still a really intriguing film about a real life painter and you know so many of the the women who were uh, great artists in their own right their stories just aren't told and i think that uh this uh while it's not a perfect film i think it's really worth seeking out and checking out the the work of this this film and uh learning more about uh this artist nice yeah well 
if you're looking for more films about teachers and students, once again, that is four titles to catch this month on other streaming services. We have Mr. Holland's Opus, directed by Stephen Herrick on HBO Max. We have National Diploma, directed by Diadu Hamadi on Ovid. We have Dead Poet Society, directed by Peter Weir on Voodoo. And Berth Marisot, directed by Caroline Champetier on Mubi. Alexandria, thank you so much for joining me today. This was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed this. Thank you. I had a blast. And thank you for having me on to chat with you. Yeah, this was great. Well, where can people find you online? You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd as uh, I go by Film and Vinyl. And you can find me on my website at alexandria-daniels.com. If I were to post anything on anything regarding my work, uh, new blog posts, whatever, it'll be posted mainly on my Twitter page. But you can follow me on social media. We talk about movies and all kinds of stuff. So Awesome. Thank you so much. This was great. Thank you. You can find Criterion Channel Surfing at criteriancast.com and our website, cinemacocktail.com. And you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find the show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by searching for Criterion Channel Surfing. If you'd like to continue the conversation, join us in the Criterion Channel Club Facebook group or send us a message at criterionchannelsurfing at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd at Josh Hornbeck. Our logo was designed by Doug McCambridge of the Good Times Great Movies podcast. You can see more of his design work at dpmdesigns.com. Criterion Channel Surfing is a proud member of Criterion Cast, a podcast network and website for fans of quality theatrical and home video releases. Find out more at criterioncast.com and support the work of Criterion Cast at patreon.com slash criterioncast. Criterion Channel Surfing is listener-supported, so please consider donating to the show at patreon.com slash joshhornbeck. For just $5 a month, you get early access to all regular and bonus episodes of the show, and for $10 a month, you'll have the chance to give my guest and I a film to discuss in a special Patreon-only bonus episode. I'd like to continue to thank all of our regular supporters. Thank you so much for all the support you give. It really does mean so much. On the next episode of Criterion Channel Surfing, my guest and I will sit down to discuss October's new and expiring titles. I hope you'll join us. Thanks for listening. Criterion Cast, a podcast network and website for fans of quality theatrical and home video releases. Find out more at CriterionCast.com.